Today, I'm joined by Dr. Tia Jones, Assistant Principal at Catawba Trail Elementary School in Richland II School District in Elgin, South Carolina. Tia is the 2022 South Carolina Elementary School Principal of the Year. We're continuing our discussion on how to be a great AP. If you didn't catch part one of this interview, then I strongly advise you to go back and give that a listen. Okay, Tia, I'm excited to get into the rest of this, um, this interview. One of the things, I think two of the biggest laments that I hear uh, from assistant principals are too much discipline and much of it unnecessary, and then not enough time to get into teachers' classrooms. And to me, these are two sides of the same coin. And I think we touched a little bit of, on that in our last discussion when we talked about the importance of building trust and building relationships. But let's look at this then, I guess, from the kind of discipline side of it when, and, and you mentioned you've got six new teachers coming on board. So you know there's going to be things going on with classroom management. So as a great assistant principal, how do you get that beast under control? Just like we talked about, you know, building up the relationship and that trust with your teachers, um, you want to make sure that you build that capacity with your teachers so that they can do that with their students. Um, and not only with the students, also with the parents. Um, the parents, is that's the key. That is definitely the key, what I found to be the key. Um, but that relationship piece is, is huge. Um, but also, again, being present as an administrator, um, going into the classrooms, um, checking in on your students, making sure that they, they see that you're present, but also that you're walking around, you're monitoring, you're you know, asking them how they're doing, what's going on, what you're working on, um, and then just kind of being reminded. And sometimes, you know, teachers feel like they need to carry it all or handle it all, and you have some that don't want to bring you anything, which they probably should. Then you have some that may bring you a whole lot, and it's like, no, let's talk about classroom managed, you know, versus teacher managed, and let's see what, you know, what, what we need to do, our office managed versus our classroom managed, um, so that we can see what that balance is and how we can help support you in that. Um, so it could be as simple as going into the classroom, doing the observations, and nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10, when you go to do observation, you won't see those behavior issues when you're sitting in there. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so being able to have that conversation with the teacher to figure out what's going on and then providing those strategies. And then finding out about the communication with the parents. It's like, hey, have you spoken with the parent about this discipline issue that you're having? So, oh, well, no, I decided to bring it to you first. It's like, okay, um, let's make that phone call. So, well, I was going to send an email. So, well, let's make the call together. Because sometimes teachers don't, you know, don't feel comfortable talking to the parent or not sure how the parent is going to react or respond. And so making that call together can take some of that off. And then you can also model for the teacher, you know, how that conversation can happen, how it may look, um, and then saying, okay, and you know, I have your, your child right here and just want them to have a better day. So if you can talk with them to help get their day back on track, we would appreciate it. We know that you're busy at work, you know, so doing that modeling and, and letting them know that you're there to support. And then also letting the child know that, hey, we're here for you and we're a team because guess what? We know mom's number. We know dad's number. We know grandma's number. So we'll make a phone call. I don't think you want them to come to the school because they're working right now, you know, so being able to have those conversations and um, uh, having the teachers to understand how important that is. So I, I love several things about that, um, especially that that we're that we're teaching 
right? Because you're still a teacher. And, and so supporting those teachers and modeling that good behavior um, in a way that, that really makes it real for them. And, and I think we need to remember as assistant principals, most teacher ed programs don't have parts where they have their, their intern teachers sit down and make phone calls to parents. I mean, oh. teachers aren't taught that. <laughs> and and y'all do that every day. So you're used to it now, but new teachers are not going to know how to do that. They're not going to know what it looks like. And so by you bringing them in and modeling them while wow, you're showing them support, you're reinforcing that you've got to work with the parents and you can do that a couple of times. And hopefully after that, they are calling those parents and contacting those parents. So that's great. And I also love how you keep it positive with the parents and, and with the kids. It's like, yeah, Hey, just talk to them and, and, you know, reinforce what we're expecting here, as opposed to, you know, using some kind of language that degrades the kid, or, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to make the parent feel like they're being accused of not doing their job too. Absolutely. And we don't want that. No, no. And, and your, your, your language is really invitational and, and um, it's about us working with parents and parents working with us and that we're on the same team as opposed to you know, creating that adversarial relationship. So again, yes. just great stuff for, for a teacher. And that's what we want our students to see. We want our students to know, and that's what I want um, the teachers to understand. Once the student sees that, oh, my mom responds to my teacher. And the same thing my teacher says, my, my mom or my dad or you know my guardian is saying. So being able to see that support, the the child could pretty much say, well, I'm, I might not want to try that, or I can't do that here at school because, you know, they're going to make a phone call, as opposed to a child's not going to see the email you send to a parent, you know, and so the child may not know that you communicated that unless the parent, of course, says something to follow up, and then sometimes when a parent may check an email, maybe a couple days later, and you really need to know that parent to know before the child comes back to school the next day, you know, so you do have to think about the timeliness of it. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, you're in a new teacher's classroom and you see immediately that they just, they, they have not established classroom procedures. And so it's wearing them out and they're probably starting to engage in behaviors that aren't healthy for them, maybe not healthy for the kids. Mm -hmm. How do you approach that situation? Um, one, definitely going in and, and speaking with the teacher, um, Many times I try to meet the teachers where they are. Um, I don't necessarily call teachers to my office unless it has to be, you know, a serious conversation or, um, you know, going over observation if, if that. But for the most part, I try to go to the teacher's classroom. So whether it's during their planning, whether it's after school, um, I want, I don't want it to be, you know, in the confines of my office. I'd rather it be in their area. So I would go meet them where they are, have a conversation about the observation and just kind of see their reflection. Like, how do you think it's going? Tell me some things that you see. Um, what are your strengths? How do you think we can fix that? And then, um, I would actually have the teacher to go and observe another teacher. Um, if I feel like, again, the area is classroom management, it could be in the morning. Um, she might need modeling for that. So I would have her go to a teacher, whether it's on her grade level or another grade level, just depends on what it is. Um, and sometimes it may be, I need you to go to another school 
you know, and see this other teacher at another school that's really doing this well and, you know, take notes and then, you know, come back. Um, I've had it where I've observed teachers along with that teacher. So I sat in the classroom and we both took notes. And then we debriefed after school and we talked about, you know, what are some things that you saw? What are some things that you think you can use in your classroom? Because everything that you see may not work for you and your students. But let's see some things that we can work on. Um, we've gone in and, you know, maybe rearranged the classroom, labeled things things and just kind of help with some organization to make those make sure those things are in place. Um, but being able to know, let them know that this I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to to write up a bad evaluation. I am here to support you and to help you to become the teacher that you want to become for our students. We need you to be the best. OK, and so in order to do that, I want you to be the best version of you for our students. So that means if I have to stay after school until five o'clock to help do X, Y, and Z, that's what we're going to do. You know, I've opened up the school on the weekends because the teacher had to be, you know, she didn't feel like she was ready. It's like, hey, let's go get some things from Walmart. I'll meet you at the school and we'll set up the class. So on Monday, we're going to have a fresh start for everybody and a new game plan, you know, and so sometimes it's as simple as that. Well, I don't think it's simple. <laughs> you make it <laughs> simple. <laughs> <laughs> but and and again what i love about that approach is you're building the partnership yes i think one of the um one of the hard things with new teachers when there's so much going on there's so much that they're trying to figure out is understanding when when we should be teaching them and when we should just get in and help them and and you know are are they drowning so if I'm, if I'm drowning, I don't need you to tell me, well, okay, so, you know, lift up your right arm and make, keep your elbow close to the top of the wall. No, I need you to throw me a life preserver. So how do you make that? What are some things that you maybe look for in those teachers to make the decision of how directive you're going to be versus how collaborative? Um, just for one, doing observations. Um, That's a huge key. And then two, believe it or not, the team, um, the great level team typically have a good pulse on that as well. And they can say, you know, I know when you do observation, you didn't see X, Y, and Z, but this is what I'm seeing. And then even if, especially if it's a first or second year teacher, they have a mentor and sometimes they may say some things to them or they may notice some things. And in that case, um, I will go and have a conversation. Again, that's just another side of our conversation. And it, it starts with asking questions. I, you never want to go in and say, um, I heard you did this or you need to be doing this differently or this doesn't look right. You want to go in and see their perspective. Like, what is your thought process? What do you how do you think it's going? You know, and if they say, oh, everything's fine. I say, OK, well, it's OK. Tell me about, you know, your reading um, lesson. OK, I said, I know it's a new curriculum. How do you feel with it? So I might try to get more specific about things if it's very general until I hone in on what I really want the target to be to see if they're going to open up about it. And even at that point, if they don't, I can still kind of offer some suggestions and say, hey, you know, I was speaking to such and such last week and they mentioned, you know, they were having trouble with this or having issues with this. And this is what they thought about doing. Have you ever thought about, you know, so it's just, um, having that conversation with them and trying to get them to open up about it and creating that environment where they would feel safe to open up about it. Right. And then if they don't, I think one of the things I heard you say is that going back to that other strategy, you know, I would like you to go look at such and such a room. Exactly. Look at these things and tell me what you see. We'll come back and we'll have a conversation about mm -hmm. that. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we're recording this at the end of July. What are you doing now that's going to make August and September better months? Well, a lot of planning and <laughs> I use, I would say intention, intentionality. I'm definitely looking at the schedules, as I told you about the um, teacher success sessions um, and revamping that. So looking at what the needs are of our, our teachers, our new teachers, our current teachers, and being able to plan a professional development around that, as well as um, things for the teacher success session. I'm also looking at um, our theme this year, uh, which is joy. And, um, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to tell the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to delete that? <laughs> Just know, I think we, we come back in August. So if it's after August 10th, we're good. But if it's okay. before August 10th, then we might need to. <laughs> um, but with based on that theme, um, just know that I'm planning some activities around that. And again, I always want my teachers to feel supported, but I'm always working on that STL. I'm thinking about what um, activities I could do with the teachers. My teachers are very competitive. So I'm always having challenges. Uh, I'm always, you know, just trying to have something that's fun, whether it's having games, um, you know, human scrabble or whether it is, you know, having a comedian to come out. Um, one of the things that I'm working on now for our um, in-service, a couple of years ago we did it, but it's called a teacher lunch bunch tour. So I used to do lunch bunch tour years ago. And so we have an um, area mall here, Sand Hills Mall, and we pick five establishments and we get them uh, to donate a portion of their food for a dollar. So our teachers pay $5 and I get a chance to sample um, Foods so like bluefin usually do shrimp and grits. We have moles that will do um, nachos. We'll have um, yummy crab that will give us uh, some some type of seafood or treat. And wild wings would typically give some wings. And then we usually end with marble slab with some ice cream. And so <laughs> <My favorite. laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll go and eat. We'll get to fellowship and socialize. But we also I also issue challenges. So seven mindsets. Um, was is actually one of our character development programs. And so I wanted to, I just kind of scripted like a, a search and we can do videos and different things like that. So they have challenges that they have to do along the way. So this year they'll do the same thing around our theme. And so just planning different activities like that. And then also I look ahead to our mentoring program that we have and recruiting mentors. Um, again, that also help our students as well as our teachers. And then I also get um, sponsors, lunch sponsorships for our, our teachers. We like to eat and we don't like to pay for it. So I like to call people and ask. And so that saves on that time because if we're having our in-service day, um, we can have someone to sponsor our lunch. Teachers come in, have lunch, we'll meet for a couple hours and they can go back in their room. So that actually helps to save on our time. And then we also are inviting people in from the community. So it's a win-win. Wow. It's a lot going on. Oh, yes. Always in the summer, but it's, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Excellent. So one of the things you know, we connected with each other through LinkedIn, and one of the things that jumps out on your LinkedIn profile is your educational background and just how how rich it is. So I, I want to talk about that. Um, what have been the most important things that you've taken away from specifically from your degree and licensure programs? Um, I have taken away, gosh, I, I just, I'm a lifelong learner. And I just think every program that I've been in, um, I, I've grown 
exponentially. Um, and what did it for me was that self-reflection because every component of every program I was in forced you to reflect um, on your own practices as a leader. And sometimes you don't take that time you don't feel like you have the time, but you don't take the time to do it. But when you're forced to actually do it, um, that matters. And then it also helps not only in your development, but in the development of others, because now you know or can see what kind of leader you are and then what kind of leader you want to be if you're not there yet. And so just from those classes in itself is, is that reflective piece, even with um, my national board certification. I mean, that was huge. Um, reflective practice for me. Um, and so that's definitely um, one of the things that I, I would say I've taken away. Okay, great. And what about um, other, are there other kind of formal PD opportunities and things that you think every AP might consider looking into? Well, um, definitely reaching out to your school district, um, especially um, People won't know what you need or what you're interested in unless you say something. So put those fillers out there and say, hey, I'm really looking at doing X, Y, and Z or moving into this role or learning more about this. Um, it could be communicating with parents or, you know, our eight parents, or it could be um, how to work more closely with your teachers, how to build those relationships. It could be, how do I prioritize? Please help me with this time management. You know, I got all this stuff everywhere, you know, organization. So being able to, first off, you can reach out to, you know, your administrator at school level or your district level, but then there are other opportunities. Like I know um, I'm a member of SCASA and they have, um, a SEAL program, which is the Center for Executive um, Education Leadership. And with that, they have several um, PD opportunities that are amazing. Um, that is like one of the best things that I think I could have done um, as an assistant principal. And even um, the State Department of Education have several opportunities that I was able to participate in. I think back in the day it was called Apple. I'm not sure what it's called now. Um, but there are opportunities out there. And I just think that in order to grow, you need to seek those out. Yeah. And I think especially if you, if you aren't aware of some of those things that are happening at other levels, um, reaching out to your talk to your principal, but then also district people are really going to be aware of more of what's going on. And, and I'm glad you brought this point up because a lot of times I'll talk to assistant principals who, who have reached out, or I talk to district leaders who have had APs that have reached out saying, Hey, I, I want something in this area. And that's a great thing. When, when an assistant principal reaches out to a district level person mm -hmm. and says, yeah, I'm trying to grow in this area. That's a big positive. I think some APs think, oh, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't ask for help. Yes. But when you're at the district level and you have an AP that comes to you and says, hey, you know, I want to grow in this area. I want some help. That person is now on your radar. Absolutely. Right. Because yeah, that's the kind of person that you can grow. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. I, nobody gets to where you are right now as an assistant principal of the year without really nurturing their own, their own learning. And you already mentioned it, it can get really hard to reflect during the school year. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do for yourself? What are some strategies you use to really make sure that you continue to grow during the school year? 
one in this year, especially, um, you know, taking time for myself um, to read, to be able to, um, I, I, I craft, I call it crafting. Um, so just doing different projects. And then also, you know, I want to, that's my relaxation mode, you know, helping my, my own SEL so I can help others, but being able to, um, you know, learn new things and also traveling, those kind of things um, help me as well. But also one of the biggest thing that helped me personally and professionally is, is journaling. I journal a lot, um, especially at night. I keep a, a journal um, on my nightstand. And so if I wake up and want to jot down some things, but typically, um, especially when I started, it started when I was an AP actually, um, writing just little notes of how my day went and um, something I may could do differently, or it could have just been a smiley face on a page. Today was a good day, you know, a smiley face. But um, that was a release for me. So being able to journal and just um, write down some thoughts and ideas of, you know, um, this didn't go so well today. I might have to see how I'm going to fix that, you know, tomorrow, or what can I do differently with 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 this situation. Um, but but journaling was definitely one that to me was definitely growth. Yeah, and I want to second that. I. I've been writing, I started, I think, early last spring on a program that taught me how to write every day. Mm. So I do, I also write every day. Um, and one of the things I've really noticed is how, how much I learn about my own thinking and how much insight I'm gaining into some of the challenges I have. And I think without that, I would have made some decisions that would have cost me a lot of time mm -hmm. and would have made me much less effective. Mm -hmm. And in doing that journaling, I'm getting those moments of clarity that I never would have gotten if I didn't sit down. Mm -hmm. And so I wind up saving time. And we think taking 15, 20, 30 minutes a day to sit down and write, well, I don't have that time, but you get that time back. Yes, you do. And, and, and you feel better each day too. <laughs> It definitely helps. At least it helps me. Yes. So for all those assistant principals that are really struggling to find the time to reflect, what's if they could do one thing, change one thing so that they could reflect more, what would you suggest? I would suggest, you know, you know how you have the bookend. So beginning of the day, end of the day. So you're either going to start your day um, and it, it can be 10 minutes and you can start in increments. It can be five minutes. So if they can make the one change to give themselves five minutes to make, to write a sentence, to write a word, you know, start before you go into a classroom before it could be before you even leave home, but find five minutes, either at the start of your day or at the close of your day. But just think about that book. And that's a good way that you can start because you hadn't done anything else. Now, many of us, when we get up in the morning, we might look at the phone and some of us are on social media first thing. So if you replace going to TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, just you replace that moment in time to write a sentence about how you want your day to go. That's one change that you can make that can be positive for you in the long run. I love that. And, and I'm going to put in a plug for something I do um, because I write a daily leadership email and it comes out at 6 a.m. every day you know, one to 300 words. And, and that's the exact idea is that intention. Yes. And when you start your day with a leadership thought, 
whether you're writing that sentence yourself or you're reading it out of you know, a book or a calendar or, or maybe my email, it's that intention. And, and again, that brings value all day long. Um, and people need to go back and make sure they listen to the front half of this, of this interview where you talked about being intentional with your priorities. And you don't get to intention without doing something on, on, the, on the bookends. Exactly. Okay. I have three questions for you as we wrap up. Okay. The first is, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? Well, I think for me, um, it is the balance of not necessarily always taking something home. Um, because, and that's just, I know that's not necessarily, but still take, I still take things home, even when I was a teacher, but you know, as an educator, that's just what you do. Um, and so what I've learned to do is to, you don't need your laptop, you don't need, you know, leave it here, you know? And so the more I try to do that, the better I'm getting at that is still a work in progress. Um, and so that's just, just one area that I know that I want to get better at, um, that way I have more family time, you know, more time with my husband, more time to do some things that I really want to do. And it's like, okay, this helps me so that I'm, you know, better when I come back the next day. And trust me, this will be here unless something's on fire, this will be here when I get back. And so I have to tell myself that, but, you know, growing with that as well, you know, is important. And then I also want to um, continue to, to work and, and grow our profession. And that is important to me um, in itself. So being able to work with university students, being able to work um, with our new teachers, um, continue to try to brainstorm and come up with um, initiatives that will help with the recruitment as well as the retention of our teachers is important to me. So that's where I am now to continue, um, continue to work. Awesome. And so then finally, I know you, you do some other things outside of just being an assistant principal. Do you want to share a little bit about the other things you're doing? And again, how listeners can connect with you? Yes. Um, I, I'm a consultant. I consult with, um, schools, different organizations. Um, my doctor is in organizational leadership, so we um, can look at consulting with different projects, whether it is something with HR employees. Um, it could be something as simple as, you know, I say simple as, but classroom, man classroom management, um, talking about uh, evaluation of teachers, um, how to um, grow with professional development, building capacity um, with your staff and moving, especially teaching assistants from where they are to where they want to be, you know, growing from where you are and growing your leaders. Um, so I, I just have different conversations and different consulting opportunities. And then I also am a philanthropist. Um, I have a foundation called the Empowering Justice Foundation, and that is new as of October of last year. Um, June of last year, uh, I lost my daughter. She was 25 years old. She was a first lieutenant in the Marine Corps and she was out for a run and uh, she was struck and killed by a drunk driver. And from that, and we've always wanted a foundation, we've started the Empowering Justice Foundation. And so with that foundation, um, we provide opportunities to promote opportunities, um, promote pathways out of poverty. 
is what we do. And we provide scholarships um, as well as grants and other opportunities to students, not only in South Carolina, but and you know all over, um, just being able to work with families so that um, they will have a better opportunity at, at living life for the next generation. So that's what our foundation is about. And more information can be found at um, empoweringjustice.org and um, you can check it out. Okay, great. And again, we'll include all those links. Um, I'm sorry about your daughter. Um, there are no words for that but um, really respect and admire that you're turning that to things to help other people. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Tia, it's been a great conversation. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Okay. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show, so please leave me some feedback. You can email me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast. <laughs>